Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. We kick things off tonight with Obsession and Only the Strong Will Survive. We got a great show for everybody tonight. Gus G from Firewind, but up right now, Mark Dexter from Dexter Ward. Let's get Mark on the line right now because it's getting really late in Italy. So bear with me a second while we connect them. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Marco, how are you? Buonasera. I say, I say buongiorno because it's the morning in Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buongiorno. Almost morning here. I, I know. I don't meet I know. Well, you know, you're a rock star, so you're used to being up late anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> how I wish I wish you were. <laughs> how you been, my friend? I've been good. I've been good, uh, you know, except for the contingency, you know, for the for the worldwide uh, problems we have been experiencing uh, in the last weeks. But uh, personally, I'm doing fine. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Oh, very good. I'm, I'm very happy good. when everything finishes, you know, we can go out and play again. I can meet my friends, you know, and go back to normal life. But yeah, so, so good, let's say. Yeah, you, you really got hit bad in Italy with it. And, you know, it was almost like a virtual lockdown for the whole country for quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, we were reading the news with my wife uh, some hours ago, uh, and we have uh, our premier, you know, uh, Giuseppe Conte is his name, and he's, uh, he, he just uh, uh, broadcasted a message to the nation, and uh, uh, it seems that uh, we will be in lockdown for, you know, for many more days because uh, uh, we still can't uh, go out freely. We still, you know, all, all the um, uh, restaurants, bars, uh, stores, uh, the shops, you know, they are, they are most, most of them, they are closed. Probably something will will start uh, opening uh, around uh, the 18th of uh, May, and uh, and and then in June probably slowly slowly we will start getting back to normal if we get back to normal because uh, we are pretty you know <laughs> unsure about that. So sure. yeah, cross- <laughs> you know yeah, it's like that throughout the whole world. You know we're in the same predicament over here. We're not getting ready to open up till June 1st. The same. We still have over a month to go. And it has to be difficult when, you know, you're in a band, a band that, and you're a band from Europe that plays all over Europe. So, I mean, you know, it's not just Italy. I mean, because Greece is the same, you know, Belgium is the same. All the places that you would go in your band to play are kind of in the same position. So it really must affect you, you know, as a band member and as being in a band, being able to perform live. Yeah, right. This, this, this is, this is, uh, Okay, besides from uh, uh, the private life uh, issues, I mean, uh, as a band for uh, our musical uh, activities, this is a huge problem because, uh, for example, we we have been contacted by, um, you know, the, the guys who booked us for uh, some festivals, and uh, we, we, we have been booked, we had been booked for May, and uh, also from from some fe- some shows in the autumn in the forthcoming, you know, so we have some forthcoming dates already booked in autumn, but we are unsure about what's going to happen. For example, the dates in May and the festivals in May, uh, they they will try to to um, you know to make them in 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 the fall. But still, we don't know if we if we will be able to to travel in the fall. For example, September October, of course, I'm ready to go. 
but uh, I'm not sure that uh, our governments will uh, will allow us to you know <laughs> to, to board planes and uh, and and it, this this is what happens in Italy, but it's is, is going on uh, uh, just the same in every part of the world. So the, the main problem is uh, international uh, travels and also uh, public events. You know, with uh, a, a big number of. Um, people in the attendance of course we are we are not going to to raise big numbers for a text award show but let's assume that we play a festival and you know there's three four hundred five hundred people this is going to be a problem i don't know when uh, we will be allowed to you know uh, to, to 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 have such big events uh, uh, you know going going on again so i hope uh, it's going to things are going to uh, to get straightened out uh, around the end of summer maybe in the fall we, we are going to be able to play again but we don't know yet yeah i i hope so because it's a shame because in my opinion i mean you know you guys put out three amazing records but the newest one three i think is by far heads and shoulders above beyond anything you guys have done before in the past you've taken the band to a whole nother level music wise in my opinion Yes, this is probably uh, for sure this is our best album we uh and it's a strange uh uh, a strange thing that we uh, came out with this album uh, uh, at this at this moment in time, because for some months after we you know after we played our last gig uh, for the promotion of uh, Rendezvous with the previous album, uh, we were unsure about uh, the direction of the band. We were unsure when and if we we would put out a new album. And then, uh, you know, uh, almost uh, all the songs came came out in a, in, in a period of three months, let's say. So it, it was written very fast, and uh, we came out with this uh, CD, and we think the, the ingredient, you know, the, the, the X factor that is present in this album, and not, not at all, or at least not to this extent, in the previous two albums, is that we really uh, are much more focused at this time. We we got back uh, the hunger, you know, that we had when we were, we were playing. For example, me and Manolis were playing in Battle Roar uh, 15 years ago, and this I think is the is the the ingredient that that we managed to uh, to capture back with this album. And also we matured as uh, musicians. The songwriting is be- is I believe is much better. Lyrics are much better. Uh, we are much more uh, tight. We are tighter as a band. And I think it shows on this album, and uh, I'm very sad uh, and happy at the same time. Happy because uh, all the reviews, uh, you know, have been great so far. And also the people, the people that don't like us, of course, they're, they're, there's always journalists or you know, or, or, or people that don't like us. They don't like our style, but they they say still they say the guys wrote uh, good songs. You know what I mean? Even if they are not into the style. Uh, so I'm happy about that and sad because uh, just at this moment that we have uh, our best album, we are forced to year home, you know, and we could be <laughs> promoting it and playing all around. So I hope uh, when all this finishes, you know, and we can get back to normal, I hope the buzz about the band will be still there. I hope people will still remember about us, if you know what I mean. Because uh, the momentum, I think it was, uh, we had a good momentum at, and for some reason, it, uh, you know, we got blocked. So I hope we can capture again, you know, all the movement and the word of mouth and all the good uh, uh, vibrations around our band nowadays. But we can still have them when everything starts. 
Yeah, I, I think you will. I don't think it'll be a problem because it's such a solid record. You know, one thing I always say is like, you know, bands that I loved and grew up with in the 80s that are still around today, like, uh, it's like, a, like Overkill or other bands, they put out records and I listen to them like, it's a good record. But then six months later, I couldn't tell you the name of the album, one song on the record. Nothing is memorable. When I put this record on, I play it. Every song stands out in my mind. The choruses, the verse, the guitar work, your vocals. It's so memorable that this is the kind of album that lasts with you. It's like one of the classic albums from the early 80s where you still remember today. And I feel this album is going to be like that for you guys 10 and 20 years from now down the road. Well, uh, first of all, thank you, Mike. I mean, this is a big honor. Uh, it's a huge uh, thing, uh, what you are saying. Uh, it means a lot to me. Um, I don't know if the album will stand the test of time. I hope so. Of course, uh, I'm used to the songs. Uh, even if they are pretty new songs, except for two of them, most of them have been written uh, from, uh, you know, from March, late March, 2019, uh, up to uh, early June 2019. I mean, the arc of three months, except for two of them. Most of the material was written very really fast, so uh, they are new to me also. Probably this is also why the album works because it's uh, fresh. Uh, uh, they are fresh songs. We, uh, when we went recording them, uh, we, we still weren't used to them, uh, if you know what I mean. I mean, it was not something that uh, we were playing for many years and then we uh, decided to record them. Everything came out pretty, pretty fast. So probably uh, this freshness is also uh, a major uh, element of, uh, and, and it contributes to the result of people finding it interesting, you know, and fresh and uh, memorable. And also, uh, one thing that I have to say, uh, I have always been a fan of uh, um, great, uh, great, I mean, good, effective uh, melodic hooks and memorable choruses. So this is what uh, I, uh, I, I always try to put into songs. Uh, I mean, some, first of all comes the melody, if you know what I mean. So maybe maybe I'm not I'm not much of a songwriter than I am uh, as a, as a melodist. I like very much uh, uh, effective melodies. Yes. Well, you did it. Definitely a lot of influence throughout all your music of you know early '80s U.S. power metal. You guys have kind of continued on that tradition, which I love. Being that the band is kind of split up between Greece and, and you in Italy, is there a lot of difficulties in getting together to write the music, or is everything done today through the computers? Is that just the way you know bands write today? Uh, most most of it is doing is done uh, through computers, of course, because uh, we we don't get the luxury to uh, uh, you know to to meet uh, uh, all together in a rehearsal room and start jamming and uh, you know find out ideas on the spot and stuff like that. So uh, mo uh, most of the songs they are they are done like this. I mean, uh, either uh, me or some other guy, you know, uh, we uh, we we write a demo more or less complete and then share the result with. Uh, with the rest of the band and then all together we arrange you know we, we cut we, we add the new parts or we change the existing parts but uh, it's a it's a uh, it's not a, a team effort let's say in the in uh, in the old school style of uh, writing songs uh, all together in the basement no we don't have that luxury uh, so i i can say that the internet especially and technology is helping us very much at this moment and have been helping us for uh, you know since the inception of the band 
Yeah, that, that seems to be the way most bands have to do it today because you know people don't realize a lot of bands today are, are multi-international. You have a singer in America, a guitar player in Greece. You'll have somebody in Germany in the band. And they all get to, and it sounds incredible how it all comes together. I would think that would be really difficult because you kind of miss that interaction of saying, "Can we change this? Can we tinker with that? Can we change this?" But it seems to work for a lot of bands. Yes, I mean it depends also on the musicians. Uh, for example. I, I call myself very lucky to to have uh, uh, my friends in Dexter Ward, and they are, uh, in my opinion, they are uh, great musicians. Not only for their skills, because of course there's always uh, you know the, the better player, uh, the better musician. But I, I think their sensitivity and their flexibility in uh, uh, taking, uh, let's say, a demo that I do, and uh, um, the ability to uh, understand very fast and on the spot what is better for the band. Uh, I think this is, this is one of the key ingredients of Dexter Ward. I mean, we are very focused, all of us, in the same, more or less the same direction. We know what works for the band. So it is easier for us to, uh, let's say, to arrange together uh, songs that normally uh, should be arranged uh, by five guys uh, inside the rehearsal room or in the same room. And instead, through the Internet, with just a few words exchanged, uh, we we managed to to build a a song that uh, sounds like uh, five people actually worked on it uh, at the same place, whereas they are in different parts of the country. So uh, I, th I think it's it, it has much to do with uh, how tuned uh, the musicians are uh, to the you know to, to the to the direction of the band. Very true. I, I think it helps that you know band's been around for about eleven, maybe twelve years now. You've had a consistent lineup. Outside of a drummer change, it's been the same guys. So does that kind of make it easier, too, because you do all know each other so well and how each person is going to work? Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure this is this is the main reason. Uh, we know each other's character, you know, except from uh, other than from uh, our musical abilities. And, you know, the guys know, for example, my range. So when they write things, they, they think about my vocal range. Uh, when I when I think about uh, uh, when I th when I think about uh, uh, what passages you know could be good for us, I also think uh, about what the guys like and what they like to play, and the same goes for the other guys. Um, we know each other so well, and uh, also when we have to discuss and find uh, and take a decision, uh, you know sometimes we don't we don't agree uh, on the spot. All of us there are some. Uh, discussions, some issues, and we have to 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 straighten them out. But it's never there's never conflict. So I think it's 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 good that we are uh, always the same guys since the first album, uh, except for the the DAP where we had a different drummer, as you said. But uh, I think one of the strengths of this uh, of this band is that uh, we are we we have a very strong friendship and we know each other so well. So yes, uh, yeah. you are right about that. When when the band did get started, I mean, you managed to go back to Battle Royale, like you were saying. I mean, was there a vision for this band? Did you say from the very beginning where you wanted the band to go musically, how you wanted it to sound? Was there an image set up and a whole thing planned out, or did you kind of just get together and work it out from there to see how it would go? Yeah, something like that, something uh, like uh, the latter. Uh, we didn't have any specific uh, vision for the band. The only thing that we know, that we knew at the time, and at the time, it was only me and, uh, and Manolis uh, that we, we uh, came out of Battleroar and uh, just had some months, you know, we weren't doing uh, anything specifically together, uh, musically. Uh, but uh, the fact is we had some uh, songs ready, 
in demo form songs that couldn't fit uh, the Butler um, style, let's say. They were more in the straight uh, classic uh, heavy metal uh, as opposed to the, the epic metal style that uh, had to to be played in Butler. Uh, so, you know, it, there was a pretty strict style we had to observe and, and, and follow if we, if we wanted to write songs in Butler. And we, we wanted to play also in, in the more classic heavy metal 80s style, and so we had some songs in demo forms. When we started, uh, we had the songs uh, ready. So it was very easy for us to, to you know, uh, to, to, to pick up from there. Um, we, never th- uh, we never sat around the table and uh, discussed about the direction of the band. For example, the, the second album, uh, Rendezvous with Destiny, is, is slightly different from the first. It incorporates some uh, more epic elements, for example. On this third album, three, is is a, is basically an epic metal epic heavy metal album but it didn't come like this uh, uh on purpose it things just flowed that way i mean there was never a project or a plan for dexter ward uh, we we don't work like that it's it's, yeah. it's more about things of the moment you could hear that and you could feel it in the music and all the songs from over the years and everything there was a four year gap between this record but there was also a, like a five year gap between the first record neon lights and uh, Rendezvous with Destiny. So you don't rush to get music out. I mean, is it better to wait until you feel like the time is right where, you know, you're feeling the music, you know what's going on, than to just keep rushing that album year after year? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Uh, it, it is better to take your time. But at the same time, uh, if you don't push yourself a little bit, you're, I believe you're never going to come out with uh, new material. Um, the truth is, if we were, um, I'm sure that if we were living in the same uh, place, in the same country, if I was living in Athens, for example, we would uh, uh, release albums, uh, we would have released many more albums in, in the same uh, number of years. I mean, we would release an album every two years, let's say, or one year and a half, because uh, uh, the point, the po- you know, I, 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 I will try to be brief, but uh, to explain exactly what's going on. I mean, for example, we, uh, we write an album, okay, and we go out and release it, and we are all pumped up, uh, all, excited, all excited. Then we, we manage to, to play some uh, uh, live dates to promote it, and normally it's going to be uh, at best mini tours. Mini tours, I mean, like we play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then we come back home. And then again, uh, after two weeks, three weeks, we again play three or four dates, and then we come back home because we all have our families and uh, our uh, uh, commitments, uh, you know, our private lives and our jobs. We can't stay on tour. We can't be on tour for two weeks, three, three weeks, okay? So we can't be like a professional touring band. And the point is that if we do it like this, after uh, you come back home, you get back into the routine of it. I mean, you can't really uh, uh, keep your mind focused on the activity of the band, and you can't have in yourself the feeling, the excitement, you know, uh, uh, that that feeling that the bands in 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 the in the early days had. For example, Iron Maiden, they were playing all the time, so for them it was not a matter of playing and then come back home and forgetting about what the heavy metal life is about. No, we were fully. They were they were fully into it. So it was easier for them to be in the same wavelength, to stay in the same state of mind, to, you know, to tour, uh, uh, um, write songs, record, and then again release the album and tour. For us, it's, uh, we have those gaps, you know what I mean? We have those periods that we come back home, 
we kind of forget and get to everyday lives. So it's a, it's a problem to keep the, the, this thing going. And the fact that we live in different uh, countries is slowing down things a whole lot. So it's, uh, it's, it's convenient because we have uh, internet, we have uh, the, the, the music recording software uh, at home. You know, we have our, our home studios, me and, and Akis, for example, the guitar player. We have our our own home studios. Stelios, the drummer, now now um, bought his own equipment and he can record at home also. For the next album, he will record at home. But uh, at the same time, we, we, we get slowed down very, very much. So I think this is the main reason. Not that we want to take our time, but it's more of a logistic, uh, you know what I mean, reason. Yeah. Well, you know, the whole musical climate today, you know, over the last 10 or 15 years is different than it was in the 70s and 80s, bands like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, you know, they just threw caution to the wind. They jumped in a van that said, we're going to be a band and try to make it. And you had the chance back then to make it where you can just dedicate yourself to writing music and touring all the time because you did have that opportunity to get signed to a major label, play the big arenas all over the world. You had that opportunity. Today, it seems to be gone. I mean, it's, I, I don't see any bands anymore making it to that level anymore because there's just no support system in place for it anymore. Yeah, the market changed, uh, and uh, actually now nowadays uh, you don't, uh, you know, the, the income that you get, the money that you get, uh, is is basically from uh, merchandise and collateral uh, things that you can sell. I mean, it, it's not much of a of a, uh, there's not much of a market for for the records. Okay, the vinyl is back. But uh, we are talking about uh, a small market nowadays. So I, th I think the, the, the era that we, that we dream about and we remember, you know, with such fondness, I believe is gone. Uh, nowadays, uh, you see, there are, uh, I, I think that this is the, the, the age of uh, bands that uh, are not really special, let's say. I mean, that, uh, I don't see any uh, extraordinary big band. I think there are honest workers, okay, that they uh, that they invest uh, their time and uh, and their efforts to build uh, a solid uh, touring band and live uh, out of uh, live gigs. Basically, this is what they do. Uh, so so I so I believe yes, the market has changed. The scene and the market, especially, they have changed completely. I, I don't believe it's never going to to come back. Uh, uh, you know, it was uh, until. Middle 80s, let's say. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, and a lot of bands, at least bands from here in the U.S., whether they're all the bands that reunited or some of the newer bands, they look forward to and count on a lot of the European festivals to get them through because they can go overseas for the weekend, play in a big show in front of a lot of people, you know, and hopefully they can make that circuit and work their way around. I know you guys, you know, Man Lost with Up the Hammers. I think that you guys and him were the first to kind of feel the effect of what's going on right now because it happened exactly at the same time you guys were supposed to play at the festival and everything just kind of blew up at that, that over that weekend. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, um, I was waiting for the development in the, in the days prior to, to the festival or, or prior to the, to, the, to the date when the festival was uh, supposed to happen because I still didn't know if I would be able to travel to take, to take the plane and go there. So, I mean, it was, uh, we had planned this uh, very carefully. I mean, all the dates and uh, booked the shows because we had other, other shows booked after the Amherst. And uh, we found ourselves in this situation. I think uh, 
uh, okay, for us it's a relative problem because uh, we are not a professional band in the in, in the sense that we don't uh, pay the bills. I mean, the band that doesn't pay the bills. But for uh, for musicians that uh, make a living out of it, for example, uh, just think about what would happen to a band like Manila Road if if Mark Shelton was still alive. I mean, yeah. uh, he, he this was his life. Okay, and uh, what would what would Mark Shelton do? I mean, one year, one year and a half. Uh, without without uh, live shows, I mean, this uh, you are you are really putting uh, the steam uh, on his knees uh, with 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 uh, with a situation like this. And I think I was reading um, I was reading many articles and interviews, and uh, you know, uh, some people really some 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 people they they don't know uh, uh, they they say uh, we we will uh, we still be able to do this as a job? Do I have to find a day job? Because this is what happens, uh, and it's it's very sad for professional musicians. Uh, for us, it's a relative problem, as I said. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a inconvenient. I mean, I, I would I would like to be able to go out now and play, uh, but uh, except for that, uh, is is not uh, is not a big problem. It's not really a big problem. Yeah, no, I understand that because you don't rely on it where other bands kind of do rely. No matter how small they are, how large they are. They count on a band like Judas Priest can, you know, weather the storm and wait till this thing passes. But bands that are like in the middle, it's going to be rough for them to get by. And I don't know if any of them are going to be able to survive. You know, they're at that level right now where they were kind of just getting by. And might, and the same with a lot of the clubs and the venues, like you know, here in America. You know, they can't open. They they can't make money. They might not be here for the bands to play at when they open. And when it does, they're saying that you can't have large crowds. So who? I I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen right now. It's going to be a good year, I think, before we uh. You know, have any real idea how this plays out? Yeah, also because um, I was discussing with friends uh, uh, earlier, some some weeks ago, and we were talking about more or less the same subject, and I, and I came out with this, uh, um, you know, idea, and I said, look, even if we they open up again, uh, it's not going to be the same because heavy, uh, heavy metal shows, rock shows, let's say live shows compared to i don't know pop or classical music i mean they they they, they are a much more physical experience yeah. uh, when you get there uh, you want to to be to you know you are there with your buddies with your friends uh, you, you 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 are going to drink you are going to to be close to each other to raise your fist in the air you know and hug uh, sometimes when you want you know in, in, in especially when you when you when you attend the shows of your favorite bands uh, it's a uh, it's very physical, okay? You're just not sitting down and drinking your wine and waiting for, uh, you know, the, the band to come in. It's a, you are all together, uh, all squeezed in front of the stage. How is it going to be to be possible again? I mean, do I have to wear a mask and uh, and protections to, to, to head to bang my head? I mean, this, this, this is not going to cut it. I mean, it's not going to work like that, uh, especially for heavy metal and rock shows. So I don't know. Uh, I I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, it's going to be quite quite difficult, I guess. It is. Hey, Mark, I have to ask you a question. About a week or so ago on Facebook, on your page, you posted a picture of Rob Halford wearing the bunny ears, and you were, yeah. making, a, and you were making a comment about how that shouldn't be in public when I guess you're the metal god, and you know. I, People would get offended because, like, you know, Rob Half is a metal god, but I kind of agree with you in a way because that's not the image you want to see your, you know, your hero singer of Judas Priest looking. <laughs> so I kind of got that. Yeah, you know, I get a lot of criticism from that post. I mean, um, I didn't expect that. Of course, it was a. Um... 
uh, it was uh, uh, half serious because uh, I posted it as a, some kind of joke. People, some people probably didn't understand what I, I thought would be clear. I mean, he, he is, pro I'm not saying that he is my favorite uh, singer because I have uh, other favorite singers, okay? But uh, he is one of my top three, let's say, but he's not my, my all-time favorite, but he's for sure, is my favorite frontman. Uh, and and this uh, is my all-time uh, idol, okay? When I go out on stage, even if I can't sing like Rob Halford or I can't move like Rob Halford, I always have in my mind, I want to be like Rob Halford, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's my idol. So I would never say, uh, I, will say I will never say bad things about him, but the, the, the point is that your private life Life is something, and your um, um, how can I say? And the mute and the profession, no, 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 not even the professional, but your art is is something else. I mean, you can be uh, whatever you want to be in your in your private life, within the privacy of your uh, house or or your circle of friends or whatever. But when you are a public figure that influenced and inspired so many, especially young kids, okay. I mean, you have to be, uh, you have to, to live up to their expectations. I know it is hard, and I know that people will say, okay, okay, uh, cut him some slack, you know, he is 70 years old, he has all the right, okay. But still, if you are uh, uh, like Superman, for example, you don't want to, to see Superman or Batman, uh, you know, going around naked in the house, uh, eating ice cream, you know, with bunny ears. I mean, this is, this is, this is, I, can't really, I can't really allow this. I mean, uh, this is not something that, that I'm happy with. I don't want to see him like that. Uh, I completely get that, and I understand it. Hey, Remark, I'm going to have to cut you loose in a minute because I want to play a few songs. I got Gus G coming on right after you. But, man, listen, you did such a great job on this record i'm so happy that it finally came out and everybody's getting to hear it no remorse records everybody can buy it it came out almost a month ago so it's out there great job on the record my friend i'm going to play some music off it right now for everybody to hear thank you mike thank you very much thank you it's my pleasure my friend stay safe out there you and your family take care and be safe over there you too and let's hope we are going to speak again as soon and uh, you know in better times we will my friend bona notte take care <laughs> Wanna not you too, Mike. Bye bye. -bye.
Man, that is some of the finest metal out there. That's a band called Lost Lullaby. That was Mark's band from about 10 or 11 years ago, back in 2009. They put out a four-song CD with Strict Nine, that song, War of the Worlds, Older Cruelty, and Waiting for Another Summer. If you can find it somewhere, pick it up because that's some of the best shit out there. And right before that, off the brand-new Dexter Ward Record 3, I gave you a little double shot over there. We did Return of the Blades and the Eyes of Merlin. Mark is definitely one of the premier singers out there in the business. And Dexter Ward, this is my one of my top ten records of the year. I don't think it's going to go anywhere between now and December. So uh, if you haven't picked it up yet, it's on No Remorse Records. Go buy the records, support the band, support music in general. Bands need it now more than ever because they can't get out there and do a lot of live shows. All right, we got Gus G coming up in about 15, maybe 20 minutes. We'll get to that interview. We'll play some more music between now and then. Uh, in the chat, they were talking about the new Serious Uncle. I think it's a really good record, you know, considering that the band hasn't put out a record in probably three decades. Uh, they did a great job on this. They actually had a song out, uh, what was it, in 2018? I think the Witches Game single came out. It was like a nine-minute track. That was really good. And it kind of told you what you were going to get with the new record. Like I said, I think the guys did a great job on Forever Black. It's out on Metal Blade Records. Unfortunately, Metal Blade never, ever gives us, like, any promotion. They don't like to work with the labels or anything. They don't send you releases for a review or for airplay, so you kind of have to get everything on your own with these guys. But let's play a track off that record. How about the Frost Monstream? I know Iman loves this because he's got his boy Jarvis on here, but <laughs> this is a pretty cool track. <laughs> Yeah. 
States Warning with Night on Brocken, the title of their first record from 84. I remember trading for their demo tape back in, well, the demo tape came out in the beginning of the year of 1984. The album came out a few months later on on Metal Blade Records. I know they're like the progressive metal darlings of heavy metal, but you know what? Those first three records, Night on Brocken, Deceptor Within, and Awaken the Guardian are pure power metal. Uh, I don't think they really became into the more progressive mode until No Exit came out in 88. Ray Avler joined the band. Ray's a great guy and a good singer. I've had him on the show many times over the years. But you know what? I'll take that original lineup with John Archer on vocals anytime. The guy's an incredible singer. And those are just three of the best metal records out there, in my opinion. You know, uh, Frank Oresti joined the band, I think, in 86. And he was with the band for about 10 years. And he left and he came back about 10 years later for another 10 years. Uh, but he was in a great band called Demon Axe from Connecticut back in the day. I remember traveling to Connecticut. I want to say... Uh, I can't remember the name of the club right now, uh, but we went there a couple of times to go see Demon Axe play. My band played there also over the years. I just don't remember the name right now. Uh, but it was a pretty cool place in Connecticut. We used to love to go hang out at. Killer music from back in the day. All right, we'll get to one more song maybe. Then we'll get the interview with uh, Gus Gion, play some brand new Firewind. Uh, I have, uh, there was an interview opportunity that's coming my way next week. And I'm like contemplating whether I should do it or not because it's Steve Riley from his version of L.A. Guns. And now, if you listen to the show, you know how I feel about bands that have, to me, I hate to say any member of a band is insignificant, but, you know, if you're the drummer in a band or the bass player in a band and everybody else left the band, you know, and you're continuing on that band's name or you formed the second or a third version of that band, you know how I feel about that because I talk about it all the time on the show. So I feel like, you know, if I have him on here, I'm going to just rip into him about calling the band L.A. Guns when you're the only member of the band left. And technically, if you want to be, like, you know, real technical, he's not even an original member of the band. He was in the band from the sort of beginning. He was on the first record, but he wasn't the original drum of the band. Now, I always let that pre-first album stuff go. You know, if you were on the first album and you were a band back in the 80s, you know, you're a member of that band. But his thing is, well, I was the last guy standing in the band, so we had an agreement I get to keep the name. You know, and, you know, Tracy Guns was basically his band. Phil Lewis is the singer, the front man, and the voice of that band. They're all gone. I mean, they're doing L.A. Guns on their own. I never got that to begin with, to be honest with you, because Phil Lewis and Tracy Guns patched things up. Tracy Guns is working on a record. Phil was supposed to, like, guest on it, I guess, and do some songs. Then it turned into L.A. Guns again with those two, and they left Steve Riley behind. <laughs> I don't really know what happened, but, you know, he's continuing it. He has a new song out right now. So I'm tempted to do the interview, but it, it could be him, it could be the singer. You don't know who you're going to get that day. Uh, but I know I'm like I'm going to say a lot of nasty shit, and I don't want to do that because I don't treat any any guest on my show disrespectfully, and I also don't want to do that because I work very closely with a lot of these A&R people and these P&R people that set me up with these interviews. So I don't want to like do anything that's going to look bad on them. So that's why I don't want to do the interview because I'm going to say some stuff. Uh, but listen. If Bill Ward was the last member of Black Sabbath, if Keith Moon was the last member standing in The Who, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? If John Bonham was the last member standing in Led Zeppelin, and they wanted to continue with the name Led Zeppelin, even though Robert Plant is still out there doing music, and Jimmy Page, and, you know, all the other members are out there doing music, is that really Black Sabbath, The Who, or Led Zeppelin? It's not. 
No matter, and those are three of probably the best drummers in the business. I mean, there's a lot of great drummers out there, but I'm just saying, the three of the most well-known drummers. That's like Ringo Starr going out there playing as the Beatles when Paul McCartney's still alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just don't do that, in my opinion. You could have just started up a band with a different name and always been in Steve Riley, ex-LA Guns. You still would have had the LA Guns connection because people would have associated you with that. It just makes me sick to my stomach. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That's right. There's going to be two priests now. There's going to be K.K. Downer's priest and, uh, and, the, and the regular Judas priest, even though, I don't know. I'm not going to get started again because we rant about this all the time, and we do have another guest to get to. But uh, I'll tell you what. Let's do some Invader. We'll follow it up with some brand-new Firewind, and then we'll talk to Gus G.
Strangers, let's talk to Gus J. Okay, yeah, and cool. Yeah, since we got this, yeah, why not? No problem. Hey, look, Gus, I go back with you since the beginning, and I'm glad that you're still putting out music and the new self-titled record. It just takes the band to a whole nother level. Wow, thanks, man. Good to hear that. It was, uh, it was. I went through hell to make this album happen, to be honest. So it's good to hear some positive feedback. <laughs> Does it get harder and harder with each album? I mean, you know, you're involved in a lot of things, you know, between the solo stuff and the fry wind and other things. Does it get harder to outdo yourself with just to put out a quality product today? No, to me, well, of course, you know, when you put out a really good album, you, you know, have to top it and people have these expectations. And um, you, you take that into into account but a little bit. But, you know, to me, it's not like, it's not the, the, the main stress factor. It's more like, you know, when situations change and, you know, we, we underwent a, a big lineup change. So that's why, that's why I said I went through hell to, to make this album. There was a lot of, excuse me, there was a lot of, um, a lot of stuff that happened during this production. You know, it was uh, probably one of the hardest productions uh, I ever had to complete. Um, other than that, you know, like when it, when it comes to writing music, I, I enjoy that. So that doesn't really, you know, the stress factor of, oh, we got to make the, the Holy Grail album now. That doesn't stress me out, you know. I I always write music and, you know, some, some albums are better than others, so I I also feel that I'm, I'm in a really creative part of my life right now, and um, so, you know, the, the, the ideas are flowing, it's just that, you know, we, we had to go through a lot of obstacles to overcome to make this happen. Yeah. Well, that seems to be the case with a lot of bands today, especially with lineup changes and members. I mean, between the last record and now, you know, Henning is gone, Bob is gone, you know, and it must put you in a position at that time where you're saying, what am I going to do now? I have to, you know, go forward, but I also have to rebuild. That's the thing. That's the thing, because it was like, when we had those conversations with the guys, it was like, well, you know, I mean, this band has been through a lot. It hasn't been, a, you know, an easy ride, uh, but, uh, you know, it's like, what do you do? You either split up the band or you somehow continue and, you know, pick up the pieces and kind of like, but uh, this time I was like, well, this is a, I, I saw this as an opportunity to uh, sort of restart the band, if you like, you know, like uh, like push the reset button sometimes. You need to do that in life. And um, I was like, well, what if I was given a second chance with this band? Like if I could reintroduce this band to the world again? I mean, okay, this is album number nine. It's not like we're an unknown band, but you, you get what I mean. It's like, what if, what if you know, we, we had another opportunity to, to, to do this again? So, um, but with the knowledge and experience that we've had for almost 20 years. So this is it, basically. Yeah, this is where we are. Yeah, and it does show on the record. I mean, the last album, Immortals, was like this just amazing classic story, you know, with music wrapped around it. You know, it was a phenomenal record. And you went back to sort of the basics with this record, just putting out kick-ass songs. But when you're writing, I mean, do you feel like you have to be in a certain place when you're writing where you plot and plan everything and down to the, the most minute detail or... Do you feel like when you kind of wing it, things uh, just work out better? Uh, I'm the kind of guy who likes to prepare a lot. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, and I've changed my writing uh, procedure a lot the last couple of years, well, the last few years, actually. And I think that I found that helps me a, a lot for what 
just write ideas the whole time. I just put them down, you know, in a, in a folder in like my hard drive. So, um, you know, whether it's like a 20 seconds riff, whether it's like a full song that, you know, I hear in my head, whether it's just a melody, it doesn't matter. So I just pile up ideas. So that way I never run out of ideas, never run out of inspiration. I can always go back and pick and choose what's what. So, you know, all the ideas that you hear, it's not like everything was written like in one month. You know, this is stuff that has been going on, you know, for years. You know, I pile up ideas for years. Um, so, but, and like going back to what you just mentioned regarding Immortals in this album, see, Immortals was the album, like, like you said, it was the whole concept and, you know, the music and the lyrics and the story went together, hand in hand. Um, whereas this album, you know, we, we, and we had that discussion, should we continue with this type of thing? But the music didn't come out like that this time. So, like, you know, I don't want to make a forced album. Like, oh, now we have to write about the Greek gods on the next album. Like, that, that would have felt fake if I didn't, you know, if the music didn't come out that way. So, so I just did, you know, I just used the best ideas that I had at the moment. That's what it was. Yeah. You talk about forced albums. Did you ever feel that you had one that you put out that was kind of forced and you either had to... He asked for a certain reason or time, and you really didn't put what you wanted into it? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've done that mistake before. I think in Firewind, it was um, the album uh, Days of Defiance. You know, we were kind of, you know, we had like this momentum going on with Allegiance of Premonition and all the world tours that followed. And then it was like that kind of, you know, we fell into that loop of uh, album tour, album tour, like the whole thing. And then in the midst of all this, you know, riding the momentum, I joined Ozzy. And then I was not able to focus on that album as much as I would have liked to. And, you know, there were also arguments with past band members and also going back and forth from Greece to Los Angeles. And it was a lot. So in the end, we kind of like had to wrap up the album. You know, we're, we're not really happy with the mix. And the label turned around and said, look, you know, we paid for it, so we got to put it out now. So we're kind of like stuck like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. In a way, when you think about it, it's, it's, is it like a bad, tough choice to make because you're working on that record and trying to get out, but yet you got the gig with Ozzy at the same time. So it's like a double-edged sword where there's so much good and bad that comes out of that situation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a... You know, obviously the, 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 the label at the time saw an opportunity to put out the album because I was getting so much press at that time, you know, like, uh, you know, I was like, you know, the, 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 it was like the news of the year, you know, all this changing guitar player and who is this guy and they, of course they saw the opportunity to put it out, but it was just not the right album, I think, or maybe the right time, we should have probably waited a little bit and, and worked, worked on it a little bit more. But, you know, it's not like a, a shit, total shitty album. You know, there's really good moments in that. You know, I wish it had better mix, so. Yeah. Do you ever think about going back and revisiting that and maybe redoing it or, you know, uh, remixing it? I would like to, but, you know, Century Media owns the rights, and um, I don't know. Uh, like, right now, we're with a different label, so I don't know if that would make sense if they would, um, who will re-release it, and what can we do with that now? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, guys, you've always come off to me as the kind of guy who just loves what he does and wants to keep busy all the time. I mean, I remember in the early 2000s, yeah. I mean, you were dreamy of Mystic Prophecies, Night yeah. Rage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you had so much going on. I mean, is that the way it, is? it should be for a musician where you try to get involved in as many things as you can to keep busy, to keep active? Look, I mean, the thing with me was in the beginning when I was in my early 20s, I, I did uh, too many things because I wanted 
um, but I but I realized after a couple of years that you cannot be at the same place like you know in, in four places at the same time, and you need to choose. And um, I think after I did that tour with Arch Enemy as a touring guitar player, you know I saw how, what a professional band that was. So that that really sort of uh, you know it was a wake up call. Like okay, if you want your band to ever succeed at something, you, you need to focus on this and stop kind of like going left and right. So. You know, I, I, I don't blame a younger musician if, if they did something like what, what I did because, you know, when you're younger, you're impatient and all that, but eventually you will have to focus into something. You have to, you know, put all your energy and focus into that if you want to, uh, you know, if you want something to bloom. That's, I think that's that applies to anything, everything in life. True. I mean, you know, besides the band, you also have the gushy solo stuff that goes on, some instrumental, some guest vocalists. When you were talking about resetting the band, like with this new record and everything, kind of like a fresh start for things, did you ever say, maybe I should just say it's Gus G's Firewind, or just go out under my own name, or is having the whole concept of the band really the most important thing in the end? Um, it's kind of an interesting thing you bring up. I mean, the, the, the Gus G band originally was created because of my frustration with Firewind back in 2013 when the singer left, Apollo. And, you know, it was just like, oh, I felt like, like, okay, I need to branch out and write with other people and do like a, you know, a record with collaborations or something. And that was really cathartic at the time. You know, it was great. I did two records like that back to back. And uh, and then the next thing you know, that thing became like a touring thing. You know, like I, I had offers to go out there and tour with all these cool guitar players and do these things. And um, so now we're at the, at the, at the um, what do you call it? Like a, at the level where, you know, these things sort of coexist. And, um, I don't know, I, but of course, you know, the fact remains that Firewind is a bigger brand, you know, it's it's a more established brand, you know, we have a worldwide fan base, and, um, and um, you know, I still enjoy doing it, you know, and that's why I keep doing it, so there was this discussion about maybe merging the two, or even calling it Gus G's Firewind, in the end, I was like, well, the solo records have also different stuff in there that probably wouldn't fit for Firewind, so... It would maybe confuse people, so maybe I, I will keep it separate. I mean, one thought that I have, to be honest, Mike, is to continue as an instrumental artist, you know, for my solo records, to just start putting out instrumental records, and just that way we separate it. You know, Firewood has a great singer and now, anyway, so maybe that's the way to go. This is what I'm contemplating on right now. That would be great, because I, I, you know, I, I think back in like, you know, the late 80s when Tony Iommi was saying he was going to do his solo stuff, and the record label said, well, you know what? It should be Tony Iommi, Black Sabbath. And he had some great singers and great songs that came out at that time, even though they were all kind of reminiscent of what he did with Black Sabbath. And it was Tony Iommi. So I was, like, thinking of that, like, with you. But, like I said, having the Firewood name is a brand name that you've worked on for two decades to build up, so it's kind of hard to change things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be kind of, it would be kind of stupid, sort of like a... You know, let that go when it's already, I mean, not established in, in, a, in a big level, but, you know, the, the, you know, the people that like this kind of heavy metal have probably heard the band, so there is a fan base that exists, there is a history, so it would be kind of stupid to just leave that and then, like, start a new thing with, uh, you know, just do solo. It's like either it should be merged or the solo band, the way that I'm thinking, it should be something different that Firewind obviously does not do, so... Um, yeah, yeah. So this is the, these are the thoughts that I'm currently having in the discussions as well. That maybe the future for my solo records should be, you know, let the guitar be the voice, and that will, you know, differentiate what I do there with um, 
with firing. Whereas right now, up until now, the solo records, and, and, and you know, nothing wrong with that. You know, I think I'm very proud of the three solo records I put out, but they have been kind of experimental. You know, I've been trying out the power trio thing, and I've been trying out collaborations with other people, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how'd you land up with Herbie? I mean, I remember Herbie from, uh, from Sinbury, the 7th Avenue. I mean, were you guys friends before this, or did you just come across him for the last record? Yeah, no, I, I never met him. I never actually never knew him. I, I remember listening to to, to uh, hearing about Sinbreed about eight years ago, and uh, and um, it, it was uh, I was like, wow, this guy sounds great. He could have been inspiring, but that was like, anyways, we went on a hiatus after that, and then. Um, I uh, reached out to AFM Records last December and I said, look, I'm, I'm looking for a singer. Do you have anybody to suggest? And they said, how about Herbie Blankens? And I was like, mm, I don't know. So send me some stuff to check out. And then I click on some links and then I realized this is the guy from Sentry. I just didn't remember the name. You know, I didn't know the name. And, um, and when I heard him, I'm like, of course, that's the guy. I'm like, is, 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 would he be interested? And, you know, they put us in touch and... Um, I mean, it was very, everything happened really quickly, man. It was, it was really, and, and it was a really good chemistry right away with him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, the first time you're in a room together, well, I mean, when you think about it, the band is sort of like the United Nations of metal. You got members from all over the, the world playing in the band. But the first time you get together to work on it, do you say, okay, this was the right choice? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, the thing is, when we started talking, the first thing I did was actually, I, I sent like a demo to try out of one of the older songs I want to hear. I wanted to hear how he did, you know, how, how he would sound in the back catalog. And the next step was like, you know, can he try and write something? Because I, I really needed a co-writer, you know, because I'm very old school. I write the music and I want the singers to write the lyrics. So, uh, so I sent him, the first demo I sent him was the song Devour. And uh, he sent me back the, basically, like the melodies that you hear on the record. And I was like, wow, this is, this is the guy. Absolutely. And then, you know, of course we had a chat about what we want to do, you know, what the schedule looks like. And, you know, mind you, this is pre-coronavirus. So we had the tour schedule. We had a, a whole world tour coming up. So I was like, you know, we've got to do this, man. And like, are you in? So this is, you know, if you want the gig, it's yours. And that was it, basically, yeah. Oh, great. I, I, you're talking about the tour. I know the tour was just postponed the other day. I mean, yeah. I was hoping that it would have went through, being that it was like, you know, a couple of weeks from now, almost a month from now starting, but... It's not going to happen. Do you think maybe the end of this year to be rescheduled, or are we looking at this whole year being just shot for music live? I don't. I don't really see much happening this year, to be honest. I mean, from what I was told from the agent, it's going to be uh, in 2021. But I don't know which month. I'm actually supposed to have a call with them later today and find out what dates we are talking about. Um, however. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is this is messing up with the rest of the tour plans as well, you know, because we were we wanted to do Europe, we wanted to do Japan, Australia, but I really I really don't know how that's gonna go. So, um, and you and you don't know like what if you know, I mean, live music is probably gonna be the most affected business because you know it's about it is about public gatherings. So, yeah. so what if it's not safe? more than 50 people to get together up until the end of the year. So everything needs to be canceled, not just us, like the, everybody, everybody who is just rescheduled stuff for the fall. So it's tricky. I think nobody really knows. Nobody can predict, you know? I mean, here in New York, I mean, every single club is closed. doesn't matter how big or small the audience is. They're all closed. 
and, and it's going to be a yeah, hard rebuild. Yeah, it's going to be tough to rebuild after this for everybody because fans count on live performances to get out there, you know, for the perform for the fans, make money. It's going to yeah. be a tough comeback from this one. It will be. It will be, yeah. I, um, I, I just hope people have saved up for a rainy day because, yeah, we're going through a pretty big rainy day right now. <laughs> I know. But if there is a bright side to it, Gus, is that you put out an amazing record this time with the self-titled Flywind album. I'm not going to keep it. I know you got this going on all day long today, so I'll give yeah. you a little break. But it was great talking to you and catching up. And, you know, I'll be out there in 2021 when you come to New York City. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Mike. Take uh, care, Gus. You know, stay safe over there. Right you now. too, my friend. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
my brand new fire one with Devour. I want to thank Gus G and Mark Dex for being on tonight's show. It was a real pleasure to talk to those guys. Sort of the, the Greece connection over there. Even though Mark is from Italy, the rest of the band is from Greece. So uh, it's an all Greece show tonight, I guess, in a way. <laughs> all right. We got about 20 minutes left to go. We're going to get us some new music from Traveler next. And then we'll play a couple of the classics and we'll wrap it up. And this is on the show next week. Next week, we got Carl Wilcox from the new wave of British heavy metal band Requiem. Carl also plays drums in Diamond Head for like the last 20 years. And what do we have? We have Oscar Jacobson from Ambush. So we got a great show for everybody next week. We're just lining up all the guests for May right now. I know we got uh, Mark Ruffneck from Oz coming on the show and a few other cool guests. So uh, we'll get to that in a couple of weeks. All right, let me see what we can do. How about we do some brand new Traveler? The band just released their latest record, Termination Shock. Uh, you talk about giving you new music. They put out their debut record last year. We're already getting a follow-up. Check it out. Let me know what you think.
Pegasus with Cry for the Angels. I don't know what happened to those guys. They came out, uh, well, it had to be the early 90s, around 92, 93. Uh, and they played out for a good 10, 12 years. And then around 2011, they put out In Metal We Trust and never heard anything about the band after that. They were out of the Melbourne area, I believe, in uh, Australia. A really good band. Uh, I got to look into that, see what's going on with these guys. Maybe they did break up, and I didn't really catch the announcement. But uh, last I heard, they were active in some way or another, but they were really solid. Before that, Anger is Art with Praise of the Firehead. My buddy Steve Gaines from Anger is Art, he's been on Facebook every day doing like a live uh, show, uh, playing guitar, going over each of the band's albums and playing songs off it and and talking about it. And and we did this the other day. I said, you know what? I forgot how great that song is. I have to get it on. So uh, there you go with that. And we're going to wrap it up here tonight. I want to thank my guests once again, Mark Dexter from Dexter Ward and Gus G from Firewind. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you guys. It's good to have Kyron back in the chat room with us and Iman, like always. John disappeared. I don't know where he went today, but he'll be back next week, like always. So you guys take care. Have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday night. How about we wrap it up with a little New York metal? This is off the band's first demo tape. It's a band called Death Slayer. Here's Civil Legacy. Take care, everybody. Have a great week.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.